hello and welcome on to another episode of the ISO Ball Podcast with your host, Derek Terrio, your place to learn about the NBA on and off the court. And joining me once again is Josh Matthews. Josh, welcome back for your second pod in a row, my good friend. Welcome. Dude, lucky. Glad to be here, man. Glad to be here. Always. Much appreciated for you joining me for a second one. Uh, before we got on air, we were just talking about uh, the matchup between the Heat and the Celtics and how you were a little disappointed with the Celtics' performance. Obviously, that series being closed out uh, in six games with the Heat going to the finals and the Lakers on the other side of the bracket uh, beating the Nuggets in five. Uh, I think I had the Lakers in six beating the Nuggets, and I had the Celtics beating the Heat in seven. Uh, so I was definitely wrong in that second one. But, I mean, just very quickly, uh, what, what did you see from uh, the Heat that you think got to them to the finals? Uh, well, I would love to say that it was Jimmy Butler. I really would. But quite honestly, it's, it's flashes of an amazing game from J- Dragic. Uh, you know, I think he had a really good game two and game three or something like that. Uh, a flash, a great game of Tyler Hero, obviously. Right, uh, a, couple, a, couple, yeah. a couple of really good Duncan Robinson games. Like, don't get me wrong, Jimmy Butler is obviously great. He's obviously a dog. He's really ferocious. But I was just so surprised to see that many times Jimmy Butler wasn't the leading scorer. Like, you had Bam, who was doing right. great. And then you'd have Tyler Hero to pop off. You'd have Dragic who pop off. You'd have all these players who just pop off randomly. And it'd be like, why are these guys the ones that are popping off, like carrying the team? Totally. And that's what I really love from the Heat. Now, going forward, to beat the Lakers, the Heat have to find some kind of consistency in – if Hero's going to drop points like that, he's got to shoot efficient like that in every game. You know what I'm saying? Jimmy Butler's got to carry a, a little bit more on his back offensively. Um, there's a couple games. Obviously, he was he was pretty, gro- pretty great throughout the entire se- series, but offensively, he's got to average 18-20 every game if, if, if he really wants uh, his other players to step up. And I know a couple games he didn't. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, for sure. So, I mean, that's that's a probably a pretty good segue. Let's kind of dive into it here. Um, so, Heat and Lakers, this is an interesting series. First of all, let's just acknowledge, I think before we get started, it would be foolish to not acknowledge the greatness of LeBron James, his ninth final appearance in 10 years, 90% rate of getting to the finals, uh, especially at 35 years old, leading this team, a great closeout game with that 38-point triple-double against – uh, the Denver Nuggets. Uh, I mean, what can more can you say about this spectacle of an athlete, this incredible human being on and off the court? He continues to amaze and not to discredit the play of Anthony Davis because he has been uh, equally as amazing. But for LeBron to do it with this with this much consistency, again, nine out of ten finals with, uh, with three different teams, uh, the Miami Heat being one of them back uh, in the early 2010s, I think it's just fantastic. So I just wanted to acknowledge that here uh, before we get started. Now, I want to talk about, just like we did last time, let's talk about who's going to match up against who, because I think there's some interesting matchups here, and they could go many different ways depending on how you look at uh, what's most important to defend or what offensive sets uh, you you want to value from a defensive standpoint. So let me, go, let me walk you through who I think the Heat will guard, and you tell me what you think about that, okay? So – I've got Gordon Drogic guarding Danny Green, Duncan Robinson guarding KCP, Jimmy Butler starting on LeBron James, Jay Crowder guarding either uh, Dwight Howard or JaVale McGee, whoever uh, they decide to start at center. I'm guessing it's going to be Howard, but I threw McGee in there as a caveat. So Crowder guarding McGee, and then Bam starting on AD. 
And I think that that last point is like the one that people are getting stuck on. Like, do you want okay. Bam out of bio guarding Anthony Davis or do you want him roaming the paint uh, in case uh, they get to the rim? Because the Lakers uh, do have a tendency to drive to the rim. Uh, I know they got a lot of guys that'll settle, you know, four shots like KCP and Danny Green, but guys like, you know, Alex Caruso, uh, LeBron, AD, all of which will get to the rim. And uh, you seem to have want to help, help defender there at the rim. So what do you think of the idea of starting with Bam on AD, but then being able to switch that up with maybe a Crowder on Anthony Davis and then sending double teams and being able to rotate as their personnel has done so well uh, throughout the year. What's your thoughts on that, Josh? Well, uh, I actually was about to exactly say exactly what you're about to say. I think Bam on AD is – I think that's a pretty good line uh, matchup. I think Bam defensively is a pretty strong player. He's, he's tall. He's, he's quick. Uh, and just, so is Anthony Davis. I think Anthony Davis is just a little bit taller than Bam. Uh, but matchup-wise, like obviously Anthony Davis, Davis is this more skilled player. He has the more experience. But I think that's a, a great matchup. And my thing totally. is – but if you put him over there, then you're going to see a lot of McGee or you're going to see a lot of Howard in the paint. And whether Jay Crowder can defend that or not is kind of a question because I think he can definitely defend McGee because McGee is very not great offensively. But I think Howard is kind of a different story because Howard can pick up more rebounds than McGee can. I think he's a little, I think he's a little stronger of a rebounder. And I think, especially on maybe some low pick and rolls, I would be comfortable – as the Heat having Jay Crowder kind of switch on to Anthony Davis. Jay Crowder is a good defender. No, Anthony Davis is obviously going to have that height, but out on the perimeter, I think I'd be okay if Jay Crowder would switch on to or he would be on Anthony Davis. Uh, I think Bam should be the best matchup on Anthony Davis, but I think Jay Crowder on Anthony Davis isn't a loss either, if you you get what I'm saying. So you you think that regardless of uh, who, whether it be one of those strong, sturdy wings or Bam Adebayo, you think that – the, uh, the Miami, Miami Heat are going to opt to just kind of survive in one-on-one matchups and kind of avoid doubling as much as they can. Would you say that's fair? Uh, I think that's definitely what they need to do because you, you don't want Anthony Davis or who, Dwight Howard. You don't need any doubling in the paint because then you don't, want to, you, don't, you don't want to dish to LeBron James. Right. And I mean, you, you do not want him coming down in the hole getting posterized by, by LeBron James. You know what I'm saying? Uh, mm-hmm. I would rather just survive the one-on-one matchups Jimmy Butler on, on LeBron James. LeBron James is obviously going to produce great numbers, but Jimmy Butler can slow that down kind of. Uh, if, you have, if you have Bam on Anthony Davis, I think Anthony Davis is still sc- scoring all night, but not as much as it usually is. And quite honestly, I think that's, that's where the Heat beat the Lakers on, on the defense. And if you can just make LeBron and Anthony Davis score slightly less than they usually do, then there's no problem. Duncan Robinson guarding KCP is nothing. KCP, I see KCP as barely even a factor in this game or even mm-hmm. this, in this series. I see – who'd you say the guard was? Rondo? You said Rondo, right? Uh, no, I, I think they, they start with LeBron as point guard now. Oh, with, Danny Green. That's right. Green, with Drogic yeah. guarding Green, I had, yes. Danny Green has been an absolute garbage fest this entire playoffs. He has not shot the ball well, I agree. And, and, and McGee and – I like Howard. Don't get me wrong. I think Howard is very good, but I don't think McGee is much more offensively than Howard is, if any more. And so really, I think what you really need to do is really need to survive those Jason, Jimmy Butler on LeBron James, and you really need to survive that Bam on Anthony Davis. And I think both of those players can guard those players respectively fairly well. You know what I'm saying? And Mm -hmm. I'm not saying you hold LeBron below 20 if that's that's what's going to happen. I'm not saying you hold Anthony Davis below 20, but if you could – or if you can, if you can, if you can hold them to the low twenties, if you can look, if you can hold either one of those two players to the low twenties, and you have nothing else to worry about, I don't think I don't see KCP or Danny Green 
getting hot. I don't see JaVale McGee getting too hot. And then coming off the bench, you have Kuzma and Caruso and Rondo. And those are decent – those are decent backup guards. And that's really – those. that's really the only question you have other than surviving the one-on-ones. Personally, that's what I think. Yeah, for sure. Um, I, I, t- I totally get what you're saying there. Um, yeah, I think, I think Bam on AD is the place to at least start uh, with things. I think you're going to want to probably try to mix up coverages on Anthony Davis, make him a, make him a score on some possessions, make him a passer yeah. on others, you know, just try to – And if you're going to play – if you're going to play some kind of help defense, I think Jay Crowder wouldn't be bad on Anthony Davis. Like, I think – I think right. on the perimeter, As a primary guy, yeah. I, got I think on the perimeter, the help, Crowder yeah. can guard that, yeah. Because I sure. think – Crowder's fast. He's that kind of like bulky wing. Uh, and so I think he can defend that. Even though he, he struggled against the Celtics in the playoffs, he can still shoot pretty good. And having him on the floor, um, even though you're going to need you're gonna need help if he's on Anthony Davis, but regardless, I think on the perimeter, maybe he can just keep Anthony Davis to a minimum. Right. And I think, that, I think that's kind of a swing thing, right, for Jay Crowder, right? Because we know, um, you know, his ability to make shots on the offensive end is really what keeps him on the floor. And if, um, if the Lakers go and choose to put, um, you know, uh, a center on Jay Crowder, whether it be Howard or McGee, and let's just get this out in the open. I think Dwight Howard is going to have the majority of the minutes in this series. I think he's a more effective player at this point in, uh, at this point. Uh, as he should, as league. he should. Yeah. Uh, he's still mobile defensively. I think he's better defensively. He still presents a lob threat. Uh, he's still able to go and get those offensive rebounds. And uh, overall, I just think he's a better player right now uh, than JaVale McGee. So I'm going to go and use Howard's name as the center spot here. But if they choose to put Dwight Howard uh, on uh, Jay Crowder and Jay Crowder can't take advantage of that matchup, whether it's they go to him uh, on one-on-one, which is to me is a win for the Lakers. If you're asking Jay Crowder to create possessions one-on-one against uh, Dwight Howard, I think that's a win for the Lakers. Um, and if he's unable to do that, unable to make shots, and he's getting killed, uh, like you said, on the other end, uh, having to guard Anthony Davis, uh, there's, there's a chance that Jay Crowder could definitely be played off the floor in favor for a guy like Andre Iguodala. Uh, now I can I can also Derek Jones Jr. I can also see now Derek Jones Jr. Derek Jones Jr. and Andre Iguodala are great choices, and uh, this next person I think could maybe come in and play really well against Howard Kelly. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, definitely <laughs> Myers Leonard. I think I don't know why he hasn't played much okay. this. This I mean this all this entire uh, regular season he was a starter. He he was a starter. And even he was mostly the starter for half the season. And then for the, other, for the other half of the season, he got good minutes. You know what I'm saying? He came off yeah. the bench. He played a and lot of minutes with Bam. You're right. Yes. Yeah. And I don't understand why they've taken him off the floor. I think defensively he's good. I think offensively he's pretty crafty. I think if you're having problems uh, guarding Dwight Howard, which you probably will with Jay Crowder. I mean, Jay Crowder's a great defender, but you can only do so much when Dwight Howard is seven inches taller than you and he's got more weight on you and they're going to continuously feed him the ball. Um, they could continuously feed him the ball. And if he's getting rebounds, Kelly Olenek, I don't see getting many rebounds over Dwight Howard. Andre Iguodala and Derek Jones Jr., I can see guarding him. Uh, but ultimately, you will need somebody who's going to guard him in the paint. And I don't know why they haven't been playing him, but I think Myers Leonard or even Chris Silva, shout out Chris Silva, Gamecock. I think either one of those players are like kind of like longer, taller players who can play better defensively than Crowder. Yeah, de- yeah definitely fair. Um, I think there's, there's definitely a possibility that – uh, that that could happen. I think Chris Silva is still in the injury report. Um, I'm not sure that we're going to see. I him. think it was. A, I think it's a groin problem. I think it's yeah. a groin injury. Um, yeah, I'm not sure we're going to see him in this series. Uh, but I appreciate the Gamecock shout out nonetheless. Um, 
But, uh, but yeah, no, I, I totally get it. And I mean, that's, that's where I kind of want to move on next is like a lot of people have talked about this, but rightfully so. And what I, what I want to talk about is, you know, the Lakers, you know, have the two best players in this series and that's Anthony Davis and LeBron James. It's pretty clear. Um, but then the next, like how many players do the heat have that are better than the Lakers third best players? So I wrote them down here. I have at least six possibly seven. And those guys are Tyler Pro, Jimmy Butler, Goran Dragic, Bam Adebayo, Duncan Robinson, and Jay Crowder. Um, now, could that... Now, be- now maybe maybe not Crowder. I, I kind of, I would agree with everybody but Crowder just because I think the third best player on the Lakers, even though they're not starting him, would probably be Kuzma. Would- you, could make it, you could make an argument. See that, see that this is where it comes into play. Like some people would even argue that probably Danny Green, just because of his defensive ability, even though he can't make shots when he is making shots, he's that much more valuable of a player. Obviously the ball going in the net is huge for him, but he still doesn't kill you on the defensive end of the floor. Now when Kuzma's not making shots, he really has to provide that defensive effort or else. Maybe, maybe Caruso, maybe, maybe, maybe Caruso, maybe Kuzma. I guess right. that you can, you that can make question an argument for any one of these guys. Yeah. That's, and that's the question. Yeah, the question for that third best player really is like, obviously, like it's confusing for us to talk about, but it has to be confusing for the Lakers. Because if Anthony Davis or LeBron James is not on the court or Jimmy Butler or Bam are doing great jobs guarding their guys, then what are you going to do? Like Caruso's good. I think Kuzma's decent. Uh, I don't think Danny Green's anything offensively. I don't think Rondo. I don't think KCP's anything offensively. I don't think McGee or Howard or or stellar offensively, I think they can pick up good boards. But really, who, who's your third guy? Who's your go-to off the bench? And uh, yeah. Marcus Morris, is Marquise, it Marcus or Markeith? Yeah. Markeith. Markeith has been off for the Lakers. Right? Markeith is on the Lakers, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, oh, yeah. yeah I was making sure, you know, they're the two, the two twins. No, yeah, Markeith yeah, has been you. off for the Lakers. He's not been worth their money at all. Um, who else did the Lakers even have on the bench? I don't even know. I've, well, I've that, run out of people. Yeah, well, that's my point is that you run out of, you run out of names pretty quickly before uh, you start realizing just how deep the Miami Heat are. And we talked about this in the Boston series, right, that their bench is going to be able to win, the, win, them, some, uh, win them some minutes. And I think the same will apply here. And that was actually one of, my, you know, one of my talking points is, you know, are the Lakers going to get contributions from a third player in this series four different times? Because that's, that's what it's going to take, right? Like, you know, LeBron and AD are going to be able, you know, to do – whatever they can to beat you as best as, as best as they can. But I think at some point you're going to have, you're going to need four different contributions uh, from a third best player. And that, not, that yeah. doesn't mean I, I need a third guy to score 20, like on every game, but like, what about a guy that's like, you know, a whole defensively team, there. Yeah. What creating are, plays and stuff what, like that. What about yeah. a guy that's switching and pick and roll and is able to hold Drogic or Butler or blow up those actions against Robinson and hero. Like just, you know, just something to impact the game, not even necessarily just scoring, but just some kind of impact. And that's where I think a guy like, you know, Danny Green could have one of those games where he's, you know, he's three of nine, but, you know, he just blew up so many handoff actions for Miami. Same thing with KCP. Alex Caruso is just playing great on-ball defense against, you know, uh, Goran Dragic. Like, look, I'm not saying, like, this is, like, a for sure thing, but you're going to need that from yeah. the, Lakers, no, you're right. the Lakers guys. So I, so I know I – know I, but I, I just hate <laughs> KCP. I hate, I hate him. I think he's a waste of a contract. The Lakers need to get rid of him as soon as possible. He's a waste of – they're paying him a lot of money, too, as far yeah. as I know. Let me, let me pull up the cap sheet while we're talking here. But, yeah, no, you're, you're I believe they signed him the year before LeBron got there. 
And so they, they signed him to a pretty decent deal at the time because they didn't know if LeBron was coming to the Lakers or not. Yeah, so shout out to uh, Nate Duncan and Danny LaRue. I've got their – I subscribe to their, their um, Dunked on Prime and I get their cap sheets, so it's pretty good. So this year uh, KCP is making $8 million. So, I mean <laughs> – you know, it's, 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 it ain't worth eight million. I'll tell you that. It's a, it's, it's, you know, it, from game to game, it looks bad. It looks good, sort of thing. So, uh, how I, much is Caruso getting paid? Uh, right now, Alex Caruso is uh, making two point seven five million. I think that's the, <laughs> I think that's the minimum. Well, he's underpaid, in my opinion. I think that he's, he is he, underpaid, and KCP is wildly, criminally overpaid. I eight million dollars, and you're only paying Caruso. Okay, well. Then again, you did just get Caruso, so I guess I understand that. This is his first real season blowing up. But KCP is not worth $8 million. And And obviously looking into each team's free agency kind of like goals is, is a conversation for another time. Yeah. But, no, there, there is a good five or six or even seven. I would maybe even say Jay Crowder is better than Kyle Kuzma players in between that second-best player and that ninth-best player. And that's totally. a big question because I think – uh, to your question that I don't think there's going to be a third player at getting 20 points until at least later in the series. Okay. Uh, now, now if, if Kuzma can step up, if KCP, if Danny Green, if Dwight Howard can step up, if they can be that third guy, uh, I think they, I think they will. And I think they, they're definitely, they definitely can, but I don't think it's going to happen until game two or game three. I think it's I okay. definitely, I think game one, I don't see. I see. I don't see the Lakers pulling through game one. I see just the the great bench and the great depth of the Miami Heat, and then LeBron James really having to try to rally his troops and really look for a third guy. And it's going to be tough because in a locker room full of two veterans, two superstars, you have the top guy in the league and one of the other top five guys in the league. It's really tough to like get touches on that ball. Totally. Um, yeah, I definitely get what you're saying there. Let's move over to the Lakers defense. Here's, here's what I got um, for the Lakers D. I've got LeBron guarding Goran Dragic, and I'll tell you, I'll explain my uh, Ooh. what I'm talking about. Yeah, just, just hear, hear me out on this one. So LeBron guarding Goran Dragic. I've got KCP guarding Duncan Robinson. I've got Danny Green guarding Jimmy Butler. I've got Anthony Davis guarding Bam. And I've got uh, Dwight Howard guarding Jay Crowder. And so, yeah, you said ooh with the LeBron Dragic matchup. And here, here's, yeah. here's my thinking behind that, okay? I think LeBron is more than capable than guarding Dragic one-on-one. Um, and I think with a lot of the Lakers switching scheme, I think having a LeBron and AD be able to switch the Dragic band pick and roll is going to be pretty crucial to keep that contained. That really is a tough matchup uh, to – uh, contain obviously they've been really good in the series especially when teams go drop coverage against them bam really um uh, bam is really able to you know hit those little floaters in the lane he's able to catch lobs and even more dangerous than that is Dragic's little in between game like that little 10 to 17 feet he's got a mid-range pull up he's got little touch floaters with that left hand off the glass he's got a lot of different ways that he can score uh in that in between game when you play the drop coverage and so uh, LeBron James not necessarily the best guy getting over top of screens, and obviously you don't want to go under on a guy like Goran Dragic. He's more than capable of uh, knocking threes on your head. So I think that that is going to be a switch matchup for uh, for the for the Lakers. So that you know, if you want to, yeah, hey Dragic, you want to go at Anthony Davis one on one, and that's your and that's your way of attacking. Go go ahead. Same with Bam attacking LeBron James. Like you you want to go ahead and make that your offense. I think the Lakers are going to be more than uh, more than happy with that. And so that's that that's that's how I see it. Now I don't I don't think that's a bad uh, I don't think it's a bad defensive matchup, but 
uh, I don't know if I don't know if the Lakers are going to do it. I, I really think LeBron has too big of an ego to let somebody guard the best player on the other team, and that's Jimmy. You think Butler. he's going to take Jimmy? Okay. I th- I think he's going to just want to take Jimmy just because he knows Jimmy's the best on that team. Whether his whether his numbers in the playoffs have said it or not, Jimmy's the best player on that team. And if you put Danny Green, who's been doing good defensively, on Jimmy Butler, I still see Jimmy Butler muscling through Danny Green just the same way he did. He muscled through Jason Tatum. And, I mean, honestly, I don't see LeBron James. I mean, maybe they could play LeBron on Dret Gordon, but Gordon, uh, Gorin, but Gordon, I yeah. just – I don't see LeBron James uh, willingly not guarding uh, Jimmy Butler. I think he's going to want that matchup because he's going to – I think his mindset coming into this is like, hey, they think they're the best. We think we're the best. That's the best player. I'm the best player in the world. I'm going after that guy. You know what I'm saying? Yep, totally. Yeah, there's definitely that mentality there. There's obviously going to have a conversation to be had between Frank Vogel uh, and LeBron James about, you know, whether or not that's going to take place. Uh, Just from a tactical standpoint, if we're just putting egos to the side, I think that that's probably the best way to go about things, at least to start. And then maybe we can talk about switching that if, you know, if if Butler's cooking or, you know, kind of what's going on based on uh, how that's happening. Um, so I want. And to, I don't. I don't know if KCP can guard Robinson very well. Uh, he's gonna. He's gonna have his. He's gonna have his hands full chasing him around screens. That's for damn sure. You're gonna have to. Yeah. And I mean, Robinson can pull that up a two three feet behind. I'm sorry. Robinson can pull up two three feet behind the arc. You know what I'm saying? Oh, like for sure. Can, I mean, he can get major space and, and still drain him. Absolutely. And that's gonna Deadly be a shooter. huge problem for. I mean, especially the screens on top of the, the arc, it's gonna, that's going to be a huge problem. And then, I mean, what happens whenever you, McGee or somebody or Howard is switched on to Robinson? Mm-hmm. Then, what, then what are you going to do? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, totally. Yeah, so we'll talk about that in a second because I think that there's a, a good conversation to be had there. Um, let's, let's talk about one of the big things here for Miami, uh, and that's their 2-3 zone um, that they really they, – they go to. They, they have a, a lot of different variations, you know, of this zone. They, they have like a like – kind of like a wonky one with it where they've got Bam and like a long athletic wing, whether it be Jimmy Butler or Andre Iguodala in the front and then the three – Or DJJ, yep. Or, yeah, or, De- or Derek Jones Jr., yep, that's right. And so they, I've seen a lot of these, you know, different alignments from the Miami Heat. Now, I don't want to get too tactical. Obviously, I'm not the defensive coordinator for the Heat or anything like that. But um, the, the way I've seen – um, I think the best way to attack is, is going to be Anthony Davis. Getting Anthony Davis in the middle of that zone and saying, okay, let's now use you <clears throat> excuse me, as like the hub to be a decision maker. And so what I've seen a lot of from Anthony Davis is he's going to have a lot of those 10 to 14 footers in the middle of that lane where, you know, Bam is, you know, just going to be protecting the rim. You know, if you're playing two up on him, then he can take those uh, two dribble back in. He forces help from those corners. Now you've got shooters on either side. Uh, Anthony Davis more than capable of making that pass. But really what I think it is, is as soon as he catches it in, in the paint there, it's that little touch floater in the middle of the floor that I've seen him make time and time again. Also that little fading mid-ranger off of, off of his left foot from, you know, 13, 14 feet, which he's more than capable of making I think that shot is going to be there uh, for Anthony Davis time and time again. Um, now it changes a little bit when you've got uh, a guy, when, when you start playing him next to Dwight Howard, because now the spacing is mucked up a little bit. Now it's yep. three, three shooters and two guys in the paint. And that's where I think the Lakers are going to uh, benefit from getting into that high, low action where you've got uh, Anthony Davis catching the ball in the middle of the floor. And now he maybe looks off uh, one of the defenders and now it's a lob 
to Dwight Howard and their ability yeah. to, you know, kind of cover that up uh, being Miami is going to be important there. So the Lakers definitely have ways of beating this two, three zone that, you know, Boston struggled with at least at the start of the series got better as the series went on, but it was just kind of a too little too late as they got down. But I think the Lakers do have ways uh, to beat the zone, not only with Anthony Davis in the middle of the floor, but also with cutters uh, posting up LeBron James, having uh, guys cut off the ball, looking, uh, for attacking, looking for ways to attack the rim. Um, I think that the, the Lakers can do some good stuff against this 2-3 zone uh, that has really given teams uh, some problems in the past. And I think that based on their personnel, that's, uh, that's something that they should look uh, to do, mainly with the hub being Anthony Davis you know, and LeBron James, you know, just like yeah. everything else in the series. Um, I can see – no, that's a really good point. They, I mean, the Heat have been running a really good 2-3 zone. Uh, I don't know if that's going to work against this team. Uh, I don't know if that's going to work against the Lakers. I, a man-to-man kind of defense. They'll see some – I think they'll switch it up. I think there's going to be possessions of man, possessions of zone. I don't think they're going to go zone a whole game. I think you're going to come down the floor, Frank Vogel. But, I mean, even even running man is risky because you still have Anthony Davis, who's a powerhouse, and you still have LeBron James. But I think right. what you have to do is you're going to have to eat those matchups. I think you're going to have to eat that LeBron James, Jimmy Butler. I think you're going to have to eat that Anthony Davis, bam. Because they're going to score. Maybe not every time because Jimmy Butler's a good defender. Maybe not every time because bam, Bam's a good defender. But you're going to have to eat those because if you do any kind of zone, just like you said, I'm, they're going to put Anthony Davis right there in the middle. He's going to control everything. He's going to hit mid-ranges. He's going he's gonna to drive a little bit. He might even go to the outside, shoot some threes because, you know, that's a part of his arsenal now. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think defensively for the Heat, I think your goal was to keep Anthony Davis on the wing. Or not on the wing, but on the perimeter. I think right, and for like, sure. Anthony Absolutely. Davis is a good three-point shooter. No knock on him. He hit that game winner against the Nuggets. And, like, he's a good three-point shooter. But at the same time, I would rather have him shooting the threes than, mm-hmm. than him in the middle. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. If Anthony Davis is shooting threes, that's a win for the Miami Heat. Absolutely. Win for the Miami Heat defense if you're f- forcing Anthony Davis to shoot threes. No doubt there. Um, let's, um, let's, let's go, to the, let's go to the late, back to the Lakers defensively. And we'll, we'll get to the offense in a second here. But um, the, Lakers, uh, the Lakers are a little bit different here than Miami Heat in terms like they switch a lot. They don't have a lot of zone principles in their offense, but they switch a lot. And that's going to be important with that Bam out of bio handoff action where they got Tyler Hero and Duncan Robinson split, sprinting off double, you know, down screens and all this stuff. They're coming off full speed. And we know how dangerous those two are as shooters. Um, I want to, I think, I think that the Lakers are going to have to switch that. Like, I think there's just too much force coming off of these screens that I think you're going to have to um, basically live with Anthony Davis, you know, uh, helping off of Bam to switch on to um, a guy like uh, Duncan Robinson or Tyler Hero, and then have to live with the guard back on Bam uh, as the switch occurs and trust that Bam is not going to be able to punish that matchup enough times to really hurt you uh, on a possession by possession basis. Because I think if you're asking Danny Green and KCP to fight over top of the screens and chase these guys, chase the Robinson and Hero uh, around the screens and ask them to really be tight to make sure that they don't have uh, those three point openings, I don't think that's going to be an effective strategy. I and I think that's going to cause a lot of fouls on the, yeah, on the Lakers. Absolutely. Absolutely. And sure. if you and if you fight underneath the screen, then you're just giving Hero and Robinson those threes, and you can't go under. No, they can hit those efficiently. Yeah. So they're going to have to switch off. Whatsoever. Yeah. But can't, but the thing is, right. how many times how many times are you going to let KCP guard Bam before you say this isn't working? You know what I'm saying? Because yeah. there is going to be times where they do that handoff. They're going to do that switch, even if they do it with with Gordon. Gordon, 
uh, it's going to be Jeff. tough because, I mean, what are you going to do? You, I mean, are you going to have uh, Rondo, who's coming off the bench, Caruso, who if they're off the bench, are you going to have um, KCP? I mean, it's really a question of, like, who are you going to have covering? Um, right. I mean, I guess if you put in – if you brought in Marcus Moore or Markeith Morris and Kuzma – Maybe that's a bet. That's a little bit better defensively because on those handoffs, Kuzma and, and and Morris aren't the best defensively, but they're a little bit taller than KCP and Caruso. So I guess you're gonna have to just bite the bullet on those ones. But I think if you fight underneath, then you're giving them the threes. If you fight over top, you're giving them the fouls. You're gonna have to switch off. And I think defensively, they may have to play Kuzma and Morris more minutes because if they're having a lot of handoffs, the hero and Robinson. That can be a that can be a barrage of threes. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Oh, absolutely. And, and the Lakers cannot fall down 12 points uh, with seven minutes left in the fourth. You know what I'm saying? Because they start doing handoffs and they're killing it from the three. Yeah, for sure. And and I mean that's it comes down to your ability, uh, your willingness to trust Danny Green and KCP to basically guard and chase over the top of those screens. And I'm what I'm really betting on, and the reason I think the Lakers will uh, offer a lot of this switching is I just don't think Miami is going to be willing to post up Bam against uh, you know KCP or Danny Green enough. And the t- the term there is enough. Like they're like every time it happens, like I just don't think that it's an automatic throw it into Bam and let him go to work. I just don't think that that's the way that um, the Miami Heat offense is going to resort to every time that he's got a small guard on him. Um, I think that there will be times where that happens, but I think over the possession by possession game, I think you're going to look to get something better if you're the Miami Heat, whether that's a rescreen action. Um, well, even if you have if you have Crowder on the floor and you get the ball over to Bam after this after this handoff. Somebody's going to have to crash in. If, if there's a guard on Bam, the Lakers defense is going to have to bring somebody in a little bit. And maybe you can find Crowder in the corner. Maybe you can find Butler in the corner. Maybe you can find somebody, you know what I'm saying? Somebody's going to have too. to play a little bit of help, and they're going to have to shrink in a little bit in, that, in, that, uh, in the paint. And then once, once that happens, then I think that's where Bam just kind of like – not like Anthony Davis, but I guess similar to Anthony Davis, he's going to be kind of like the floor general. He's going to draw the double team in to the middle, and then he's going to be able to dish it out to the perimeter. He's going to be dished right. out to the mid-range. And I can trust him to play iso ball one-on-one. And if he does that and punishes the guard a couple times, then you're really going to start to draw that defense in, and that's when you start hitting perimeter players. And that's when you can start lighting it up from three. Right, yeah. And, and that's, going to be, uh, that's going to be a decision that the Lakers are going to have to make. Is it worth – compromising your defense and, uh, you know, bringing help uh, at the risk of Bam, uh, you know, obviously being a great passer that he is, uh, being able to pick you apart if, that they, if they decide to go and, and throw the ball into uh, Bam off of those switches uh, when the handoff action occurs off the ball. Like, that's going to be a Lakers decision whether or not they want to do that. They might just decide that, hey, Bam, you know, punishing our guards and getting twos uh, all day, we'll live with that as opposed to, you know, these threes that we're going to give up. So it, it's going to be a compromise um, that the Lakers are going to have to decide uh, in my opinion. Well they, well, they have to let Bam get the twos because well, you, you can't fall far because once Hero and once Robinson get heating up, they're on fire. And if they're right. on fire and he's also finding Iguodala, he's also finding DJJ, he's also finding Butler in the corner, he's also finding Gordon in the corner, that's going to kill the Lakers defensively. And I don't know if they're going to be able to come back from that because the Lakers are not a great three-point sh- shooting team. I was writing an article on the Hornets – and some of the stuff they need to improve on. And I don't believe the Lakers are in the top half of the three-point percentage in the league. Uh, I don't know it off by heart, but I wouldn't doubt it. Uh, they've got some guys that are really struggling right now, especially 
uh, in the bubble. Um, but I don't doubt you. And yeah, that's, that's basically, you basically illustrated my point is, is, is basically like, I think the, I don't think the Lakers are going to be willing to commit a second guy to bam out of bio. If, if he gets switched onto a guard in Miami decides to go at him time and time again, I think they're just going to live with that. And so, uh, and that's, but, gonna- well, how do you respond to that as the Lakers? Cause you're not going to, it's not like you're going to come back with a three and it's like, okay, it's fine. We gave him two, but we got three. You know what I'm saying? It's not, it's, you can't do that. You're they're going to have to, I mean, just statistically, they're going to have to start crashing down on Bam, and that's where Bam's going to start picking them apart. We'll see. We'll, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see what happens. If, if guards start getting in foul trouble, you know, maybe, maybe you know, some of these guards are holding up, you know, nicely. You may, you, and, you know, here's another thing, too, that you didn't consider. Maybe the switch happens late in the shot clock. And now that's true. It's a, uh, you know, and maybe it's a five, four, three, two. And now he has to settle for a mid ranger instead of or fade away or, or anything like that. Or, or the double comfortable with. Or the double comes late in the shot clock with three with three on the clock, and now your decisions have to be much quicker, and maybe you force yeah. turnovers that way. So you know, there's different ways that the Lakers, I think, they can combat uh, Bam getting switched on the guards, and that's why I think the Miami Heat aren't necessarily going to settle for Bam posting up those Laker guards if they decide to switch. I think they're going to flow back. Well, that's why I think I think maybe Morris or Kuzma would be a good defensive match. I mean, obviously you'd be kind of playing big, a huge man lineup if you put those in at the if you put them at the two and the three. But maybe I would I would be okay as the Lakers having Marcus Morris on Tyler Hero, Duncan Robinson, and then on the handoff he switches off on it. I'd rather hit, I'd rather have Mark Markeith Morris on Bam than I'd rather have KCP on Bam. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I and I mean, I don't, I don't think he's been getting much minutes this this entire bubble play, but I think, a, I think, yeah. I think he can really help the Lakers right now. You know what I'm saying? I, I think he's going to see some minutes for sure. Um, so yeah, so that that was a good conversation. I think uh, I think we we hit on a lot of good stuff there. Um, what, what else do I got? Let's let's talk about the Lakers' offense here. Um, the Lakers do run some really good actions and stuff like that, but I think more than ever, I'm going to want to see LeBron James and Anthony Davis and the Lakers overall run a lot of stuff to go what I'll call hunting for Goran Dragic, Bam Adebayo, and Tyler. Or sorry, not Bam Adebayo. Sorry, Goran Dragic, Tyler Hero, and Duncan Robinson. Those three guys in particular. I want to see how much the Lakers are going to run their actions to get one of those three onto either LeBron or AD. Now with LeBron, uh, you want to bring help. That's a death sentence. That's an absolute death sentence to bring help against LeBron with those two guys on the floor. He's a devastating passer. He might be the best passer we have in the league right now. You want to make an argument for Trey Young, Chris Paul, all those guys. Um, I, I I can see it, but I think he is a, incredibly adept passer you want to put him at you know two or three instead of one fine uh, what it's not really I'm not really too mad about it but he's one of the best passers we have in this game right now and he can make every single pass on the floor in every situation so my point being here is that if you bring that second guy uh, after that he hunts out Robinson Hero or Drogic, um, that's going to be tough for you because there's going to be a lot of guys over yeah. and as much as as much as we've talked about some of these other Lakers struggling from three um, you know, they can only struggle for so long when, this, when, the, when the shots are as open as they're going to come uh, when yeah. they're not able to pick those uh, matchups apart. Anthony, well, unfortunately, I think that they're just going to have to let LeBron kind of, like, take advantage of these guys. And, I mean, I know we just made the same point to illustrate Bam, uh, but I would rather have Robinson or Hero or somebody on LeBron on the perimeter and maybe he can get help on the, on the inside. And him, I'd rather him dish it out to KCP than him – hit these shots. And, and for me, it's really the reverse of, of what the, the, the argument. Yeah. 
Yeah. I would like obviously for Bam, I I, I want him to get it to the perimeter and then to shoot threes. Like I, I don't I I, I don't want to give him those points all day long because they'll just keep abusing it. But for LeBron, it's like I'd rather give him the threes. You know what I'm saying? Danny Green hasn't been shooting well in the bubble. KCP hasn't been shooting well. And I mean, I think he's going to do a lot of the dishing to the corners. I mean, especially on, uh, on the, I mean, behind the perimeter, uh, behind, beyond the arc on, on each corner. I think he's going to do a lot of that dishing. And obviously, if you bring a second man, that's going to be deadly because he's going to get it to Anthony Davis somehow. Yeah. And, and that's going to be tough because, but, that's something that you're gonna have to live with. I'm, you're gonna have to live with the the Tyler Hero, Duncan Robinson switch, or switch on to LeBron. But maybe if maybe if I'm the Heat, I want I want Butler to kind of like fight underneath the screen. I would rather give LeBron that kind of three, and and not allow him to drive to the paint, than have right. a switch and then have him have an easy drive to the paint. Right. So yeah. So and, and again, we're making the same argument here as we did for the Heat. Like, how much if you're the Heat, are you willing to just have LeBron? play with your guys one-on-one and see, you know, I, I can't even make that argument as the heat that I want that to happen because if, if LeBron's, if, if LeBron, like LeBron, the thing about him is that when we talk about Bam out of bio, like, you know, Bam is a very capable offensive player and whatever, and he can back you in and you know what I mean? He's going to, he's going to get his once in a while, but LeBron is going to get his on every possession, which is like a lot more dangerous. Right? Like if you're leaving, you know, one of those three guys that we talked about hero Robinson or Drogic, not only is he going to score on them, but he's eventually going to get them in foul trouble. And all three of those guys are now critical to your offense uh, and your ability to run a lot of what you have going on. So not only is LeBron now scoring on you, he's getting some of your most valuable players, you know, in foul trouble. And I think that that is kind of an underrated thing and not to mention getting uh, you in the bonus earlier in possessions to where now it's even more flammable when LeBron switches on to one of these three guards that we talked about. So I think that you are going to, I think that if you're LeBron James and the Miami Heat, you're going to want to bring uh, a double team. I think you're going to want to make those other guys try and beat you. You're going to want to make Danny Green, KCP, Alex Caruso, Rondo, make those guys make shots. You have to beat us. I'm not living with LeBron getting my critical players in foul trouble, uh, getting me into the bonus early in possessions. I'm not playing the one-on-one game. Uh, if I am the Miami Heat against LeBron James, because yeah. I think uh, he's beating it a lot easier than a guy like uh, Bam Adebayo will beat it. That's just my opinion. Again, obviously we could uh, – yeah. uh, things could be different. But Well, my thoughts are like I think on those handoffs and on those screens, I think you have to do everything you can to keep Butler to fight, fight, fight underneath it and to stay on LeBron. Uh, I think, so you're going I mean, under screens and hoping that LeBron – uh, we'll, we'll, shoot the, we'll shoot the threes. Okay, but what about if when LeBron gets the ball in the post? That's 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 moist. That's what I'm referring to. I mean, maybe you're gonna have to have scenarios. a little bit of help. You're gonna have to have a little bit of help from Jason, uh, not Jason, uh, Jay Crowder, uh, kind of coming off of Howard or coming off of McGee, because you don't want to. You don't want Bam to come off of Anthony Davis. That's and my point. Think, that's what I'm getting. I think at you here. want. I think if you can bring Crowder or or Igudala or somebody off of McGee or off of Howard. I don't think it would be super detrimental to your defense. Like, obviously, those are – Howard and McGee can – they can score. But at the same time, I would rather have the help defense in the post. And um, Me too. I, I, I think I, could, I can sacrifice Dwight Howard or, or JaVale McGee getting some mid-range, maybe, maybe a couple – I mean, obviously a couple layups, a couple easy dunks. But I would rather kind of like – fade to get that help and then rush back over and give, give them an eight, nine foot jumper, which neither one of them can really hit. 
Right. That, and that's exact. I'm totally on the same page with you there. It's just, just make somebody else other than LeBron James beat you. Cause he can beat you. He will beat you. Well, if oh, you, he's going to score. Back. Yeah. But I mean, if I, I want to keep Jimmy Butler on him on, I want him to fight under everything. Cause if he yeah. fights over everything, you're going to foul LeBron. If he fights over LeBron's going to get to the hole. He's going to get an and one. Yeah. He's going to get, you're going to get a whole bunch of players in foul trouble. If Jimmy Butler fights under, I would rather LeBron do the one of two things that I can imagine him doing, either pulling the three, which, I mean, he's not a great three-point shooter, but he's not awful either. He's good enough. I would, I would rather him shoot the three than, than drive to the hole, or I can see him possibly just taking another couple dribbles looking for somewhere else to pass, looking, to, looking for some other play to direct. Because I think fighting underneath that screen gives LeBron a harder time because it's the same defensive matchups now. And now, right. he's struggling to know, now he's struggling to see the next weakness that he's going to try to pick apart. Right. Yeah. And you make a good point there. I think that I think, I think you touched on what I was trying to get at next is if you're the Miami heat, you don't want to give up any, what I call low resistance switches where you just switch just for the sake of switching. You want to make sure that Butler like fights over the top or goes under and, you know, gets around the tree. Make sure you stay on LeBron. Like don't just give Robinson, you know, the, you know, just the the automatic switch. Cause that's what, that's what uh, the Lakers are going to do. Whoever. Well, the difference is you saw a lot of Jimmy Butler fighting over and then he would end up getting back in front of Jason Tatum. But you're not going to see that with LeBron James. He's not going to get back in front of LeBron James. When LeBron James gets a full head of steam going towards downhill. the paint, he's, he's going down. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and so sure. I want him to fight under everything. If he, I would rather him – I'd rather them switch than, the, than for him to fight over, quite honestly. Because right. if he can start driving to the paint, he's going to get those dunks. He's going to get those and ones. He's going to get everybody in the paint in foul trouble. I would rather just fight underneath it. Every single time, and if not, you gotta switch that because I don't see I don't see fighting over helping more than just switching it. Because I mean, I can trust Robinson or Hero on LeBron just for a couple seconds until we get the defense resituation is resituated to kind of play like a zone, kind of have a couple big men kind of scoot closer in towards the paint, make sure he doesn't come in and posterize Hero. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, I got you for sure. Um, yeah, let, let's stay let's stay on the on the Lakers here. I want to talk about a couple things like simultane, simultaneously. Um, I think the transition game for the Lakers is going to be huge. They love to push the ball off of makes, off of misses, uh, being able to get some easy buckets, some you know touchdown passes as I'll call them uh, before the. Uh, Miami Heat can set their zone defense. I think it's going to be big for the Lakers. Uh, I kind of see them, the Lakers, like it, like obviously with much better personnel than the Raptors, but in the same sense that, you know, a transition offense really keeps them afloat uh, offensively, especially when they have to go against a, a zone, a prepared zone that uh, is, you know, orchestrated by Eric Spolstra with incredible uh, personnel behind it. I think that that's going to be tough for the Lakers to score uh, consistently on that. So they want to get as many transition uh, opportunities as they can. And in addition to that, I think the Lakers on the offensive glass is also going to be a big thing as well. Uh, And I think, I think personally, one of the best players on the Lakers offense for transition offense might be Alex Caruso. And I know he's not starting – but, I mean, he can he hustles, he runs, he will get down the court. And I think in transition offense, he is a huge part of what the Lakers should have in store in terms of getting a rebound, getting it down the court, getting a steal, getting it down the court. And, obviously, you're going to have those fast breaks and, and transitioning. But I think Alex Caruso is phenomenal at playing those fast breaks. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And, and, and I think Rondo's not gonna... playing him is an injustice to running uh, a quick kind of – fast transition offense maybe even catching them on a slight fast break of five on four or something like that of that nature but anything like that you have to run Caruso because if Caruso is quick he's hustles he's definitely he definitely just won the hustle award for the Lakers this season like I can see him just getting down the court he is your number one hustle guy I think without him the transition offense it still works but I think it's it's less effective 
Oh, for sure. I mean, no doubt about it. I mean, Caruso is definitely going to be running the floor. I mean, running it with KCP, running with Danny Green is not going to be nearly as effective as running it with Caruso or even Kuzma. I would rather have Kuzma out there because I feel like Kuzma is a little more deadly he from runs the, floor the perimeter. Too. Yep. No, for sure. No, you, uh, I, I hear you. Both of those guys, Kuzma and Caruso, uh, have definitely been the beneficiary of some of these, uh, some of these, uh, you know, kind of touchdown passes from not only LeBron James, but Rondo, uh, who I yes. think is going to be a little bit better in this series. I just want to touch quickly back on the offensive glass before I go back to Rondo here. But, um, you know, the reason that offensive glass is so important is because I think um, the Lakers are going to play, you know, two bigs, right? Like, it's pretty simple. Like, if you're, if you're one, if your BAM is going to guard AD, who's guarding Howard? Jay Crowder? Well, I know that Howard is going to go and crash that damn paint and be able to go and get a, a bunch of those offensive rebounds that come off the rim. So I think that's going to be crucial. Uh, yeah, for sure. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Uh, and if Bam chooses not to guard AD, well, then now we're in a whole different territory. Yeah, we'll and now it's now it's going to yeah. be AD picking apart Jay Crowder. And I mean, Jay Crowder, I think can, like I said earlier, uh, I think Jay Crowder can hold Anthony Davis on the perimeter. I really do. I think obviously Anthony Davis is a good three point shooter, but I think putting Jay Crowder onto, or maybe switching, him, or if he switches onto Anthony Davis, I don't see that as an absolute loss because I can see him guarding him on the perimeter, holding kind of his own in maybe that mid-range area. But when you get to the paint, that's when Anthony Davis absolutely starts obliterating Iguodala, Crowder, Robinson, whoever has to switch onto him. But if you can keep him on the perimeter or even in the mid-range, I think Crowder is a fine switch. I'm, I mean, obviously it's not ideal, but – if that's what you have to do, that's what you have to do. And I can see, I can see them switching Crowder onto Anthony Davis just on the perimeter at at, at the very least. Right. And uh, you know, uh, just mentioned quickly, uh, Rajon Rondo uh, playing a lot better uh, in uh, his minutes in the playoffs here. Much better effort defensively. Really starting to get guys involved. Again, you, you don't want him shooting a ton of threes, but if he's wide open out there, he's proven he can make just enough yeah. of that for you to for you to hate the fact that you left them open kind of idea. And he's another one of those guys that's going to throw those touchdown passes in transition. So maybe yeah, if sure. one is off the floor, um, he's going to be – him and Anthony Davis have a nice connection going back to the New Orleans days. And I think him and Howard, uh, Rondo and Howard, can also do some good things together uh, as well in pick and roll. So uh, I think Rondo is going to be a big – um, uh, a big I mean, do you see do you see Rondo fighting for a starting spot in this, on this on this lineup? Uh, I don't. Um, I don't just because I think LeBron basically brings everything that Rondo brings. His ability. But to- I mean, LeBron. LeBron's not all, off the court very much. So how much do you really get to play Rondo? You know what I'm saying? Oh yeah, for sure. No, I yeah, you're you're totally right. I mean, LeBron's gonna play his high thirties. Uh, uh, but I mean, you have to have you have to have Rondo basically run the entire bench, and I mean, he's gonna yeah. have to he's gonna have to make everything happen, and I mean. Obviously, he's been playing better uh, since kind of like the playoffs, and definitely uh, yeah. he played better recently. But my question me, is, do you, do you trust him to completely run that offense, I mean, without LeBron on the court? So, to me, I think you're going to have to have times where Rondo is on the floor with LeBron. But I think whenever LeBron is off the floor, I think we're, it, that's where Rondo should be on the floor, in my yeah. opinion. Yeah, because he's going to have – Well, the- I, think, I think when they're both on the court, maybe they can shine. I mean, then you take kind of like the ball out of LeBron – then you can do some off-ball screens, some off-ball sure. slips, yep. and then you can start hitting some lobs with LeBron. LeBron might be open. There's a mismatch on LeBron. Yep. No, you're totally right. No, I, I'm not discounting um, uh, the idea that Rondo and LeBron can't play together. I just think he might be more effective um, playing without him because, again, um, you know, LeBron kind of brings everything that Rondo can do as a passer, yeah, as sure. a IQ basketball player, that sort of thing. But, again, yeah. I want to reiterate, I think Rondo is going to be critical – uh, in this series. I think he does bring some very valuable things uh, to the Los Angeles Lakers. Um, 
We talked about the offensive glass. Let's go um, to the Heat offense, back to the Heat offense, and then we'll, we'll start to wrap it up here. Um, the Heat, basically, they just do not stop moving <laughs> on offense. Where the Lakers are more, uh, you know, kind of wait for, some, wait, wait for, you know, somebody to commit to LeBron to create an opening. The Miami Heat create their own openings in the sense that they are going to keep running. They're going to keep setting off-ball screens, uh, little slips to the rim, uh, stuff out of the corner, pin downs around three different shooters, and you know, dribble pitch and bring it back. Like they, like I think the effort of the Lakers' defense is going to be critical, not just in their ability to stay on the guys that they need to stay on, but if they're going to switch, you have to be on point on your switch communication because it only takes, you know, one little lapse in communication for, you know, a guy like Bam to like fake the handoff and go straight to the rim or, you know, uh, uh, you don't, you don't call the switch in time. And now uh, Duncan Robinson, you know, just one, two plants behind a screen and pulls up and you just missed it. Nobody switched in time. Yeah. So the Miami heat offense, I think, uh, you know, does present a bit of a problem uh, for the Lakers just in the sense that it's going to stress communication uh, from the Lakers if they're going to do a lot of switching. And I don't think, yeah. I, I don't think they, that the Lakers can't handle it. I think they can. But I'm just saying, like, there's going to be times where if you don't, it's going to be a serious problem. Yeah, and I can see a very frustrated LeBron, especially early in the series, because I can see him definitely kind of uh, – I can see him definitely getting very frustrated with the, with the lack of communication with – I mean, Tyler Hero can obviously shoot from behind the three. So can Duncan Robinson. But Tyler Hero has a pretty good mid-range game. And, I mean, if, if you start getting enough of those switches and they're constantly moving to find somebody open, I think enough of their players can hit both threes, both mid-range – both threes and mid-range shots. And I think yeah. I think that's when the, the, the not LeBron, the not AD, I think that's when the other starters uh, kind of are going to miscommunicate. And I can see a very frustrated LeBron very early in the series, and it's how he's going to recover from that defensively, game two, game three, game four. How, that's that's really going to matter if the Lakers can win this series or not. For sure. All right. Uh, and if there's anybody that knows LeBron uh, best, it's Eric Spolstra. So I totally agree with yeah. you. He definitely could be frustrated in this series, uh, especially early if he can't figure things out. But uh, that kind of leads to predictions. Let's wrap this up. What is your prediction for this series, my good friend? What do you, what do you got? Lakers, Heat? So listen, prediction? I 100% had the Celtics beating the Lakers in seven. And I still stand by the fact that I think that could have happened. And due to the fact that I saw Miami Heat defensively very strong, offensively very strong, they have a deep bench. I don't see, other than LeBron and AD, I don't see a whole bunch of people stepping up consistently every single game. And so for that reason, I have to say, I think Miami Heat's going to win in six games. I don't see them stretching it to seven. No, that's a bold take. But I I don't see, I, I see, I, I see that bench just really just obliterating everybody who's not LeBron and AD. Gotcha. Okay. Um, it's, it's so hard for me to pick against LeBron James in a finals. Like it really is. Um, oh yeah. I mean, is it really though? I mean, what is it? Two and seven now? It shouldn't be that hard. Well, yeah, well it's three and six and he's been an underdog in at least four of them. Uh, so, uh, you know, it's, it, and he's, he's definitely not the underdog in this series. And, and that's why I'm going with the Lakers. Uh, I trust the pedigree of their two best players. I trust that they're going to get enough contributions from their role players. Um, I promise you, and we'll revisit this, Danny Green is going to have a game or two. Danny Green is going to have a game or two where he's going to give you uh, the defense. He's going to give you the five, six, three-pointers that's going to put you over the top. Forget about it. Forget about (laughs) it. He can have it. 
All right. Well, that's my, that, that's my opinion. I think you're going to get a good series from Rondo playoff experience. Um, there's a lot that, uh, you know, there's not a lot of guys on this Lakers team that have playoff experience, but I think there's even less on the Miami heat that have the, the, uh, the finals pedigree outside of Andre Iguodala. I don't think that there's anybody that's been to a finals for the Miami heat and um, they've got uh, LeBron and Rondo. they are two leaders who have been there uh, and done that. So I think that that, yeah. uh, that that added pedigree is going to mean something in these cr- crucial crunch time situations. And I, uh, and I, got, I just have faith in LeBron James to pull this out. I think his, I think his legacy uh, is really uh, it not, not in the balance. I don't want to see waning in the balance, but it could definitely hit another notch winning a championship in this bubble environment. I think uh, winning uh, a finals MVP with his third team, would also be a massive legacy booster for him. I think he recognizes mm-hmm. that, and I don't think he's going to disappoint. I think he's going to have a monster series, and I really don't know if anybody on the Miami Heat roster is yeah. thinking about it. So I am picking the Lakers in six games. And, and can I just say, if the Heat lose, for all you Heat fans out there, it's not the end of the world. Like no, you have absolutely. An, they have an incredibly Fantastic young year. roster. Fantastic right year. Like they, they, have, they have went from – from from zero to hero, you know what I'm saying? I mean, I expected them to be mediocre, you know what I'm saying? Squeezing into the East, not doing anything great, but they have this great young roster that has been blowing teams up. They have this depth. They have these three-point shooters. I mean, they play good defense. Bam has been doing great. Jimmy Butler. If, if you're the Heat, you look at this as like, this could be experience, you know what I'm saying? Great this could experience. be experience to, to build like a dynasty, another dynasty in Miami. Because, I mean, whether you win this year or not, if Duncan Robinson – gets a chip on his shoulder, and he's saying, next year I'm shooting the lights out. If Tyler Hero says, you know what, next year I'm not making this mistake that I made in this year's finals, the Heat should be really, really proud of, like, this team and this roster, whether they win or lose, because, like, they have absolutely upset people. And they have a very – I think they have one of the younger rosters in the league, as far as I know. Yeah, they yeah they definitely do. They have a lot of good a lot of good building blocks there. You know, in Miami, I I trust them. I trust them to do a lot of good things. Like I'm I'm very I'm very high on you know this season for them. I think they've done just a fantastic job. Um, just looking at uh, you know their cap situation, they do have a lot of room uh, to bring guys back if need be. You know, they got Duncan Robinson yeah. on cheap deals. Uh, you know, Bam Adebayo still in his rookie deal. Tyler Hero still in his rookie deal. They have the ability to bring in a big Now, is, is, is Iguodala, do they have him for another year after this year? Yeah, so they got Iguodala for two years, I believe, was the contract. They signed him two years, $30 million. Um, and then, <laughs> Two years, thirty million, and the next year uh, is actually a team option. So if they don't, um, so he's making actually know. seventeen million this season. He's making less next season, so he's fifteen million next season, and then a team option for another fifteen. That might have to be a trade that they need to look into because that fifteen million going to Andre Iguodala, who don't get me as good, has a good veteran presence, but I don't know if he's worth fifteen mil. He's probably worth that eight mil that KCP is worth. We'll see. Yeah, we'll we'll see how they decide to approach that. Uh, but yeah. all right, man. Appreciate you coming on again. This is going to be a fantastic finals. I am looking forward to it and appreciate you joining me once again, man, as always. Yeah, thank you, brother. I appreciate it, man. Have a good rest of your night. You too. Take it easy. All right, brother.